from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. You're listening to live from the Path Company from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. What are you saying? <laughs> no one said anything. Oh, shoot. I had, oh, I thought I had something of genius to say, and I've lost it. It had to do, no, 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 it wasn't good at all. It wasn't good. Hey, it's the book of Nehemiah. I was reading a bit of Nehemiah this week, mm-hmm. and... Uh, there was a, there was a few chapters, like a few chapters in the middle. He, he seems to just like, he knows he's writing something people will read later. Like, it looks like the, you could call the book, the defense of Nehemiah. Cause, cause like, uh, whatever, I think it was chapter two or three. And he's like, uh, these people tried to do this thing. And I told them, I told them I did. We were supposed to do blah, blah, blah. And then something else happens, and then he reminds at the end, I called him to task like I was supposed to. Like, it was, it's very, um... Isn't Nehemiah the beard ripper? No. Isn't there somewhere in Nehemiah where he starts ripping beards? Oh, okay, hold on. Let's see. Bible. Beard rip. <laughs> uh, okay, that's... Oh, no, they're not Isaiah. 16 Bible verses about beards. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, now we're talking... <laughs> Okay. I don't know why we haven't been on this website before. Hey, here's the thing. I, I realized, I did realize this week. <laughs> uh, wait, Nathaniel, uh, talk into your mic, will you? Yes. Here oh, I am. Okay, now you're back. Okay. okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so I, I realized this week that, that like, uh, I'm super impressed with people who who spend their time well. Because I just, to- I'm a total time waster. Like, I cannot nail down, like, or, or under my own volition, do do things that would say you would use your timelines like like if 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 left to my druthers, <laughs> I would waste time just constantly. I have no motivation not to waste time, and like people get up and they write, people get up and they read, people sustain good things in their days, and like I'm not even talking about hey you're wasting your time on your phone. I mean like I would sit there if given a choice to do to like hey you want to do anything? No, I don't think I'm going to do anything. I'm going to I'll just sit <laughs> and sit there stuff. And I thought, this is a bad personality trait. This is terrible. Like, and I find myself to be a fairly productive person, but it's because I just have the mechanisms in my life of which I have to do things. Like, I have to show up and, and, and maintenance the computer at the radio show. I have, like, I care enough about the impact to somebody else that I'll generally do things. But, like, if all the laundry was cut up and I'd eaten relatively recently and none of my family was around for three days, I mean, I'd probably just sit there. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just... Like looking out the window, or <laughs> yeah, I could, or or or, or better, like I could just go to sleep. <laughs> hey, it's eight thirty. I don't care. I could yeah. go to sleep right now. Yeah, I mm-hmm. actually those constraints put on us are dumb anyway. I don't see any reason you can't pull up on a nap just about any time of the day. You're sitting around thinking about stuff though. No, no, no. I'm in a wash. <laughs> I might, but I mean, I'm not pondering. I'm not pondering in a in a a helpful way. A place sure. where, like, hey, let's think about the world's problems, and it's or, or like, I really, I really wonder what's going on at that guy's house and how I could be of service. No, hmm. no, well, you are Just legit. Kind of numb. Yeah, a massive uselessness. I know. 
I know this. It scares the crap out of me because, like, I have had certainly had points in my life where, like, um, like, like, so, so, no joke. If you go into my house and you look on the side of of the uh, of the wall, we got like a uh, you, wherever your fridge is at. There's like a wall next to it, but it's not a wall. It's just like the end of the cabinets, and there's a list attached to it that has a, it's a to do list for the house. Okay, mm. it's three pages long. Wow. Yeah. Like, mostly, I'm I'm guessing your wife adds to it mostly. Not you. No, no, yeah, she created this list. Okay, got it. Okay, uh, and we've already crossed some stuff off. This is the refreshed list that is down to three pages. Okay, okay. Excellent. And so, like, I had some guys mocking me. They're like, hey, man, I feel like a list of homes. anything more than half a page, and I'm not going to get to it or whatever. Uh, and so three pages just seems outlandish. And this, it's been like this at my house for probably the whole time I've been married. We always got three pages worth of stuff that could be done. And 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 seriously, like, if if... I found myself with like just some like work was a little bit downtime and maybe the wife and kids were gone and I thought boy I got like a free hour hour and a half I should do something and like I got a whole list I got tons of stuff to do I could even make dinner or like watch TV or something and like I might, they, everything within me goes no nah, I don't really want to do any of that <laughs> like I'm just gonna let that um, yeah and then I'll do something they I'll do something on the list so that when my wife comes home I'm like yeah I knocked a thing out of the list there. But, like, I choose the easiest thing so that it can justify the fact that I probably just would, like, it's everything, it, it, I have to force myself to do it. Everything in me wants to sit there and yeah. not do anything. I <laughs> <laughs> see, if I have a list, I have to do it. You feel compul- compelled. I just have to, yeah. I, I want to cross that puppy off and get it done. Well, usually about this time of year, we haven't done I haven't even thought about it until just now. We'll make a list for the summer. I was like, okay, what stuff do we want to get done this summer? And, and, then I'm like, and you yeah. feel like, and you got to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Otherwise, I'd go, no, we're fine. You're like the Roomba. You got to set you in the room, and you're just going to bounce around <laughs> and get it done. Absolutely. Yeah. Until, it happens. Until you're out of batteries, you have to go back to charge, charge, charge time. Charge. Do you travel, Dan? Because I could put you in my kitchen. <laughs> okay, so Dan feels compelled to do it. Mike? Only if I have a list. Uh, yeah, I, I, our lists are usually a lot, way shorter than that, but they're way. Like, they're really vague and, and take, a lot of, take a lot of work, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't say, like, paint trim in living room it goes remodel living room oh yeah yeah. and there's like tearing all the drywall out and running can lights and you know putting new insulation and like this so but our lists are small they're just gigantic things and i psych myself out i as soon as i walk in the house i feel the weight of whatever list is there and i'm like man i can't do anything it's like the eye of sauron yeah i mean it's ridiculous like it's it's a way overreaction on my part and i've i've let it get me down for like a day or two and finally the wife said look uh you gotta stop acting like this. You're making me angry. <laughs> like that's legit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's fair because I'll get super mad about it. I'm like, I got no time to do anything. You know, and like I hadn't literally done anything, but the <laughs> thought of doing something was weighing heavy on me, yeah. and so I got all spicy about it, and I was way in the wrong. And so that's why the Lord hands over to spouses to give you a quick turnabout and go, look, you you are not only embarrassing yourself but me by association. So you need you need to tuck this <laughs> hey, up. You okay. Realize you've done nothing. <laughs> so given a man in my position. Uh, I have a choice between telling the truth or doing what I'm supposed to do. Because, like, if my wife says something like, hey, man, you want to come outside and help me? The truth is, <laughs> no, I do not. Well, I got this list. <laughs> I, do, I do not want to go out there. But it seems like the right thing to do to come out. And so I sometimes I'll try to shade it. She'll go, hey, you want to come out here? And I say, uh, yeah, I'll come out. But that wasn't what she asked me. <laughs> is that right? Is that all right? No. Well, I, need, yes. I need to... It's yes. Just, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, there's a there's a great poet of the of the early 21st century named Ben Foose who says you live your minutes or you live your days like you live your hours like you live your minutes. And uh-huh. so if the man you want to be is the one that goes out and helps his wife, then you say yes. 
I will be out there. And in that minute, you were the man you wanted to be. But she says, not the man that you are. But do you want to be out here? And then I say, no, I do not. Yeah, you actually do. But the better part of you does not. <laughs> I wish I was a person that did. I can yeah, say right. that. Yeah, your whole life is the whole, the whole the whole life is you trying to be a better person than you actually are. We'd both be happier if I wanted <laughs> <Yeah>. to be <laughs> here. <laughs> well, I don't want you out here if uh, if you don't want to be out here. And I say, all's fixed then. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we got this tucked up. The, the, <laughs> the truth has set me free. <laughs> My my uh, my dog has like seven you know tennis balls and little bones and all, all kinds you know just all winter long he gets this new stuff and and he takes them outside in in the winter time and hides them from all of us and uh-huh. himself so the spring you know I have stuff all over my backyard so I've been telling my wife lately man it sure be nice to have, I gotta mow soon and maybe the two of us could go out there and pick everything up besides all the sticks and she just looks at me like yeah well we'll see. <laughs> and, and I, I probably said that seven times in the last couple of weeks and I finally I said well I'm going to mow now she's like yeah okay seems alright so I spent my half hour picking up all the all bones and sticks and <laughs> yeah, yeah how's that dream of us going out there together going Dan <laughs> so I, I, I'm just saying Ben I know how your wife feels okay there <laughs> <laughs> now I would say to be fair when she I says I'll come out if you want me to now I know that doesn't seem right because then it puts the load on her yeah right? it does that's not fair uh, Even Nathaniel cringed at that one. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know it's not right. I just, uh, it's okay. So the, the general principle is, is you can, it's okay. It's not being dishonest to say, this is who I want to be, and I'm going to act in that way. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't know how many times I've given this advice out over the last three weeks, but you cannot trust your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. You feel like you don't want to go out there. You know that you should go out there. And so, like, what you're basically saying is, how much weight should I give my feelings? Zero weight. You yeah. Should, yeah. 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 You, will you come out here out of a sense of honor and duty? Yeah. I you, will do it. You're a broken. Uh, you're a broken man. A man that is is broken by the world due to sin and folly. And you are trying to say, can I embrace folly? That's what you're asking. Is folly embraceable? And the answer is no. You should not. Mm, okay. Okay. So this is fine. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, now, but now listen, you can answer your wife's questions honestly. Do you want to come out and help me? And your answer is, yes, I do. I do want to come out and help that's you. Not, that's not true, though. Yeah, see, Ben? <laughs> what do you say? You just said, <laughs> I want to answer my wife's question honestly. You put, you're, I don't understand this black hole of advice you gave me. <laughs> but being th- set up. No, because you wouldn't even be asking if you didn't know that your first response of folly was wrong. So that means that you actually do want to go out and help her. You're just trying to let your folly uh, run the day. Okay, let me try this one. Did you feed the goldfish? Yes, I did. Because I had every intention. I know it's right to have done it, but I didn't do it. The fish is dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're saying to me. So fish died. (laughs) No. Did you feed it? Yes, I did. No, you're saying, what I'm saying is you're going to embrace the man that you want to be, not hide the fact that you're a crappy man. (laughs) That's what you're saying. Okay, so when it's a matter of opinion, I may posture to my, to my best self. When it's a matter of fact, I should state the reality. Yes. Okay, good. I suppose if we have to drill it down that far. You know, it, most other people, I could just say, look, man, you need to do better than this. There is no opportunity because here's the thing. You are responsible for everything that surrounds you. You chose to get married. You chose to have kids. You chose to move in a house. You chose to have cars. You chose to have everything that's at your place. No. For, Yes, you did. No, I saw this. No, this there was this episode of an old TV show that we watch, and the the the, the young couple got married. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it was it came to light that the dude was feeling 
a little bit out of he 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 didn't he sold his stuff because he said I don't want my stuff to encroach upon this nice place that my wife has. And the lesson of the thing was is that this is the marriage that you have together. And so your stuff now belongs here. It's good that both of our things are here. You don't have to think that your stuff has to stay outside or is not good. And so she went back and rebought all the stuff that he sold and put it into their house and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my wife and I said, "How much of this stuff is mine in our house?" And I looked around. And I mean, not a not a wig of it, Mike. Except for the wife is yours. No, no, she of, doesn't. She, of which you chose. Yeah, but you said it was my house and my stuff too. I, I'm saying that you chose everything that's around you, and what you're trying to do is blinder yourself and act like this is not your problem anymore because you just want to hang around doing nothing. I'd like to sit on the couch and stare at things. That's not an option for you. You made a bunch of choices earlier in your life that negated that as a possibility. No one told me that ahead of time. No, you didn't look into it ahead of time. A marriage counseling did not sort it out and say, nope. "Look, if you want to sit and stare." This might be a problem for you. Mm-mm. Nope. Dan, do you cover that when you talk to council people? <laughs> I, I I have never covered that. I would no. say it's, this is why it's coming back to bite you. I don't know what your divorce rate is on these marriages, Dan, but I'm just saying you should put it in. <laughs> no That's one leveled the, uh, with the guy and said, look, man, you're not going to be able to just sit around doing nothing. <laughs> You gotta be kidding yeah, me! Yeah. yeah, that's on the way out. Have we no one told about me that yet? either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he, I only gave two pieces of no, advice. He doesn't that's need true. a sympathizer, Nathaniel. I know, but he was the one giving me the I advice. Did the marriage <laughs> I believe I prefaced with, "I'm not a marriage counselor." <laughs> that's true. He does. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't really want to be here. <laughs> I think, then he just starts staring off at stuff. <laughs> In fact, if I think, if I remember correctly, I think my two pieces of marriage advice were uh, live your life like you, like you live your days uh, and learn how to argue correctly and maybe keep your family out of your business. <laughs> I think that was it. That's pretty much the yeah. core of what I said. That sounds right. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Live from the Path. Now, if you're j- now, hold on. Is it listen to a podcast? Is that productive? Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay to do it in isolation or do you have to be doing something else? Driving, mowing the lawn. Yeah, I would do it doing something else. Fold laundry. Yeah. yeah. I but don't think you can just sit and kumbaya it in. I think if it's ours, you have to sit and really focus. Though. You got to yeah, pull it in, yeah. There's a lot There's a lot to pull in. Yeah. Hmm. You, you can't do other work. No. What about a YouTube video? Like you're learning something. And listening to the Are you going to go do it time? after no. you learn it? No, you're, you're like learning how to do something. And it, so you're watching the video. Is it a specific task, though, or you're like trying to learn like astrophysics and you're never going to do it? Yeah. Yeah, that number two? Yeah. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> no, you don't have time well, for I do that. a lot of that. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video uh, the other day of uh, how to use a digital thermometer, because believe it or not, I've never used one. I've had one for like two and a half years. I've just never used it. It was intimidating, and all these electric gadgets, you know, and batteries and wires. And Are you being a funny man, Dan? N- no, I really have. Okay. And, and so I thought, I should watch a video. So last night, I cooked a couple, a couple steaks, put the little... Oh, know, for food. For food, food. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> thought it was one of those in-ear things. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's no. Just Stared at that longer than a couple minutes. I mean, it's getting embarrassing. (laughs) I I just figured you could read my mind. That (laughs) guy at the Walgreens could get it done. He's got no training. (laughs) And you stared at that package forever going, I don't know, man. This seems It was a (laughs) ripoff because the video did not tell me that the uh, little metal gadget in the steak would be hot after you cooked it. (laughs) (laughs) And we were... I'm like, I'll just pull this out. I'm like, oh, I just took that off the grill. That was a bad idea. Wow. I blame the video. You're the reason for the warnings on the McDonald's cups, Dan. (laughs) I know it. People say, hey, man, so stupid. don't spill this on yourself. And you're like, who would do who that? Would do there's that. Dan over there, water falling it up. <laughs> hey, man, just I came off the grill, it should be fine. <laughs> there's 700 degrees on that puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a proud well, moment. I've been got some stuff to work on. Okay, yeah, yeah, boy, I, got, I, got to, I need to change my ways. I don't know how people do it. Emily Dickinson wrote poems in her spare time. Huh. I looked out the window. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. Why would it, anybody want to be an author? 
nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I went into the really? library today, uh-huh. the Bondrant Public ri- Library, uh-huh. and it's not it's not a big library. Uh, it's a pretty small library by library standards, and you see so many books there, yeah. and you think to yourself, in all my days, I could not read all of these books, yeah, nor would I want to. And I feel like that I, I I'm maybe I I am and I don't realize it, but I feel like I'm not a minority opinion on that. That one, I would not read these books, nor do I want to. And there are still people out there who want to write books. They want to add to the pile. Yeah. Like See, there's a there's there's seventy five thousand pieces of ice over there, and a guy shows up with another bag and goes, "Here, have some more." <laughs> yeah. People are like we're never going to use all this ice, man. Don't worry, I'm contributing. Plus, is there anything that hasn't been said already? It's and, all been said. And been put on print? Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. Jason Bourne's already been created. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You feel like it's, uh, writing books is like peeing off the side of the boat. <laughs> no one's going to notice and nobody's going to care. <laughs> so who still writes books? Why, do, why are there still books being written? Well, it's, it's got to be out of sheer pride, right? People will understand if I put it this way or wait till they see how I deliver this. I don't know. When's the last time you saw a, like a, a, a solid... New movie, and you're like, you know, you just don't see movies like That's this. That's com- completely original. Yeah. yeah. It's always like, that goes back to Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fair. Because he, he was just well recorded. He probably stole it from another guy back in the day named Redbeard. Redbeard. But he, even Sawala. that, with a movie, I can understand why someone would want to get into that. Because people watch movies. Well, I mean, uh, books are the theater of the mind, Nathaniel. Yeah. Sure, but who reads them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of with Nathaniel so on this many. thing. I don't really care about it. I wish people would stop sure writing still selling pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frankly, it makes me feel bad, right? It makes me feel like a dummy. Like when I walk in the library and go, who who would do all this? And I, then there's a guy loading up seven books, and I'm like, I haven't read one book in it, seven years. <laughs> hey, man, no joke. I, uh, I had to drop off a bunch of, I had to drop, take some books back to the West Des Moines Library uh, on my family's behalf. And I was at that book drop off for six minutes. I dropped <laughs> off sixty eight books. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! Drop oh. open thing, drop some more. Reached out. You see this impatient Karen behind me? Want to know? She's got her her two 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 books that she got for a preteen or whatever. And I'm sitting there like I stole the whole library. <laughs> this giant Aldi's bag. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy because I was out. We were out looking at spring cleanup day at a town here, and it's where people put all their junk out on the curb, and you get to go look through it and see if any of it's cool. And Ben sends fires a text out. He goes. Hey man, somebody threw away two copies of Fox's Book of Martyrs. What a score! <laughs> hey, can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, at least burn it. What are the odds? That is one thing. When I was, uh, I had a tenant upstairs, and he uh, he left all of his things. Basically, he had. I think he probably took two shirts with him, and he uh, he, he reverse hoboed. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, didn't pay last month's rent, but we're, that's not uh, a matter. But uh, he. He went to the Bible college, and he bought probably, I don't know, $500 worth of books. Yeah. And he left them all there. Nice. Do you still have them in your possession, or did you well, put them I on eBay? Well, I picked up the good ones, and then the rest of them I sold to the Bible college students. Oh. See, that's the beauty of the Bible college, is like, it's the same books. Like, yeah. It, we're still reading Fox's Book of Martyrs. Like, if you go to the community college, they're getting updates yeah. every six months of the, you know, Chemistry 101. Yeah. Or what do you call it? Volume nineteen or yeah. something. I mean, yeah, right. They w- they won't take last semester's book. 
That's the beauty of the Christian college. You can keep selling those things for 10 years. <laughs> still, I mean, even, still even longer. Good. The Machin's Greek, they, that, they've been using that since uh, the 1900s. I remember my professor, well, this was out of print, so you'll have a hard time getting this. Well, well why don't you go ahead and read a new book? <laughs> Somebody's out there writing new books. <laughs> but who's reading them? Yeah. Who's reading them? <laughs> to Nathaniel's dismay. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, no, uh, the guy th- threw out a hardback copy of the Greek New Testament. Huh. Nice. I'm just saying, like, I, I was, here's the deal. Last week, last week was an odd week for me. Uh, I, like, I, I just, I was feeling a little bit, um, I don't, I, it wasn't low isn't quite the right word, but like um, discouraged or something, yeah, like yeah. As, a, as a pastor. Yeah. And, uh, and like, it, just the, th- the notion of my context, too, as a house church pastor, like, you just don't. There's not the formality of someone going, great sermon today, Pat. Like, it just doesn't ever yeah. happen. Uh, and so, <laughs> it just happens. It does not come up. Uh, but, but anyway, like, last week, uh, I got, like, three people, like, took time to say something. Um, and that was very, and it was, it was very encouraging. Huh. Uh, and then the same week, the Lord delivered over to me uh, a Greek New Testament <laughs> and eight like, Old Testament commentaries and three copies of a box Fox's Book of Mars, of which I put one back and kept the other two. It sounds like someone's walked away from the faith. No, no, I was gonna. And that's, they threw the books away. I, that's what I was afraid of. But there was, uh, there was like um, damage to like most of the books, like they'd gotten wet, and so I think they were just lacked discernment as to which ones were still in good shape or not. They had an entire like a a family Bible size uh, Matthew Henry's entire. Uh-huh. Bible commentary, all in one volume. Wow! I mean, giant, like you could kill a man with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I almost took it, except for it had mold on it because it had gotten and something had got into it. And it's like the one commentary that's free on any software. That's anywhere. right. You can get I it. Mean, it's always like we can't get anybody to read this yeah. thing. <laughs> you can't get Henry to shut up. He's always the first first result. He's actually. It's I think King James. He's funny because uh, like there's type, like, a lot of modern commentaries going to try to tell you kind of how we got here and the roots of the language or whatever, and like. There's times where Matthew Henry will just take a verse and he goes, and the Lord meant it. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> do that. The Lord meant everything he said, <laughs> and everyone was wrong. <laughs> and that's, that's my commentary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so there was, a, there was an article on the Christian Post. It's called, titled, Former Desiring God Writer Paul Maxwell Announces He's No Longer Christian. And uh, I just, oh, I don't know if I can get a good... I wonder if he threw away books. <laughs> is it wrong to ask him? He looks him? like he's about ready to judo chop a man. Yeah, he wrote a he wrote a book called. So he was he was a writer for Desiring God. So that's that's John Piper's uh, website. John Piper wrote a book called Desiring God, and he's got a website called Desiring God, of which there's just like a lot of uh, Christian articles, advice, and apologetics, and questions, and uh, teaching and all. That the kind book of stuff. Desiring God is pretty good. Yeah, uh, and so he this guy also wrote the book The Trauma of Doctrine. He definitely has some books, Dan. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just wondering if that was his house you went by. Oh, is he a Pentecostal? There was a lot of iffy Revelation type oh. books in there <laughs> that I had to tell the kids to put down. Like uh, the <laughs> kids were trying to sort through. Like we want this one. I said no. no. That's full of heresy. Put that down. <laughs> they said uh, he goes. I he goes, he goes. I didn't know. I said you should know. Uh, tra- okay. Trauma. I was just going to get the synopsis of this book he wrote. The trauma of doctrine, new Calvinism, religious abuse, and the experience of God. The trauma of doctrine is a theological investigation into the effects of abuse, trauma upon the experience of Christian faith, the psychological mechanics of these effects, the resonance. I can't. I don't understand all these words. We're just skipping. Uh, so what he said. He said he came out and said, "I'm no longer a Christian." So he was. He was deep. He was deep uh, within the. Uh, it was his job. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He made money. 
he made money writing books and writing for Desiring God. And he's, he's a, a uh, he has a PhD in theology. Yep. Yep. I mean, he he also teaches. I mean, like he's a professor. I mean, he's like he's yeah, he's all the way in. Yeah, he yeah, he's in the crux of all it. Oh, and he's got he wrote two books. The, the other other one was Mastering Christian Philosophy, The Definitive Guide to Key Concepts, Arguments and Issues. Wait a minute, did he title it The Definitive Guide to Key Concepts, Arguments and Issues? That's kind of boastful. Yeah, that, that is pompous. <laughs> I think you have to let other people call it The Definitive Guide. Huh? The book. <laughs> I don't think you could title it that. Let me tell you how good this is. <laughs> so he says uh, on his Instagram feed, he came out and said, what I really miss is connection with people. What I've discovered is that I'm ready to connect again. And I'm kind of ready not to be angry anymore. I love you guys, and I love all the friendships and support I've built here. And I think it's important to say that I'm, not, I'm just not a Christian anymore, and it feels really good. I'm really happy. I can't wait to discover what kind of connection I can have. What is this connection business? Is this a COVID problem? And what, I'm not sure what it has to do with Christianity. I can have uh, what kind of connection I can have with all you beautiful people as I try to figure out what's next. He doesn't even know what he's going to. Mm. He just knows he's out. Yeah. Uh, I love you guys. I'm in a really good spot. Probably the best spot of my life. This sounds like Donald Trump. I think if you have to say that, you're really not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good spot. It's probably the best. <laughs> the best I'm spot, so, I'm spot so that I've joy. looked at, and uh, I've had others look at it, and it's supreme. It's supreme the best spot. spot. I'm so full of joy for the first time. I bet his wife doesn't want to hear that. Uh, I, I love my life. Okay. Now. Mm, sounds here. like somebody who's been captured. <laughs> <laughs> People, you're doing okay. <laughs> They're treating me well. <laughs> Riding from the mountains of Utah. <laughs> this is the, the proof of life from the new atheism. Um, here's the thing. Is that like, this sounds like, th that's a reason people leave Christianity. Is that um, you, you, you follow, you get into the faith, and then you find a rub point. And the rub point is generally something that you want to do that God says you can't. And so it makes you unhappy. Or your continual insistence to keep doing things that God told you not to do, and you feel it in your life, and it makes you unhappy. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the only way to alleviate yourself of those things is to negate the reality of God. Because if God is not real, then the thing that you are finding burdensome, guilty of, or that you want to do that you've been restraining yourself is no longer there. And so I, 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 I would say that like when you say your reaction to I'm not a Christian anymore is I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, I love you guys. I'm in a good spot. Best spot of my life. Full of joy. First time. I love my life. Okay. That I'm sounds a, like a guy who just needs free of something, of a burden that he's carrying. Well, okay. So so this is a super stu stupid example, right? But, like, I can get his feeling right there. Because the the Christian life, especially one that takes on responsibility and ownership of what God has going on, it is it does weigh something, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, like super quick synopsis of my week, right? Like I teach youth group on Wednesday, which means I'm studying part of the way through Monday night, most of Tuesday night, right? And then I teach on Wednesday. And then I do guitar lessons with a couple kids up in town on Thursday. I get a pause on Friday. And then we got worship on Sunday to do. So I practice most of the day Sunday or Saturday, right? And so like, and all through the week, I'm listening to a bunch of podcasts and stuff to try to support both the worship and the youth group stuff, right? And then Monday comes along. And Monday morning, I get in my truck to go to work, and I take a big breath because I don't really have to listen to a podcast if I don't want to. I'm not under the gun to have a teaching done by Wednesday, right? Like, I could even just scroll through and play a tune out of Amazon. That it might not even be on my house church playlist because I'm not trying to learn it for worship. I can just pick a tune, any tune I want, and it's a freeing Monday, right? 
And then Tuesday's going to show back up again. I'm back in it. I'm back into soup. I got more work to do. We got to get this stuff. I got to listen to more podcasts. Yeah. I got to read more Bible, right? And so, like, now, if you give up your Christian faith and let go of all these responsibilities, all the things that actually take work and effort, this is true with just about anything. Say you're a world-class weightlifter, right? The first day that you don't go to the gym and don't eat six pounds of chicken, you're going to be like, whoa, I feel so free. Finally, I got joy in my life because you got no responsibility. Right, you got to know you're not under authority of anybody. You're literally doing nothing or anything that you want, and so you're acting like every choice that you ever made up to that point is now negated. It was all dumb. Everything you decided to do had no right to it, and now this freedom is what you actually wanted. And so that is exactly where that freedom is. That that's where all that joy is coming from. It's just getting rid of. It's not a burden, but it's getting rid of weight and responsibility. If you don't have the responsibility of telling other people about Jesus. I mean, that's going to feel like freedom for a little while. It really it really yes. will feel yeah. like freedom for a little while. Yes, I think that's true. Because it, it, yeah, it relieves... Well, I mean, anytime you relieve the burden of either the responsibilities that come with Christian life or the responsibilities of following a God of which you know you cannot do perfectly, it's going to feel... I, I think it's going to feel freeing for a time, but like, I wonder how real that is. Because, like, if in the back of your mind, I don't know how, how, how it doesn't pers- persist with you in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always just something back there that goes, I, I, I mean, I was all in on this thing. Is it, is it really none of it's, none of it's true? Like, I, can I, is it okay to just borrow some of the philosophical impacts of Jesus being a good dude and maybe we should follow a golden rule? Um, but the thing that very undergirds and that makes them true, that gives them validity is completely fake and false, and I have no explanation for it. I just know that I'm free of the shackles that this put on me. That's what this feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, anyway, he says, uh, says Maxwell, who has his Ph.D. in theology and has written on the topics of theology, trauma, and fitness, later followed up with a message to those who told him he's going to hell and are not really happy as a result of his rejection of Christianity. Now, we need to stop this. Yes. We need to stop this type of You're behavior. embarrassing yourself. Here's the, here's the thing. <clears throat> we, we appear with this kind of thing. I know that potentially in the back of your mind you're saying to yourself, my job is to say true things, perhaps. Uh, in fact, no, actually not even perhaps. I know that's true. Unless your wife is asking you whether you want to help in the garden and then you just tell you lie. Yeah, of course I do. You posture for reality. <laughs> okay. So um, If you're been. But. You told me to do it. No, I told you to try to be a better man and then believe what you're saying. But I'm not a... Hmm. <laughs> the Lord has judged me correctly. I'm not a better man. Um, so, th- so, but, but here's the thing, is that um, you, we come off as people without hope. You come off as people without hope when you do stuff like this. Like, uh, if, if, if you were followed up with every bad decision in your life, every, every place where you fell short, where, you, where the world's perspective got a hold of you for a while, um, and someone just was in your face about, you, about the consequence that you're going to hell and that I'm personally not happy about it, I, what I'm telling you, regardless of what you're saying is true, um, it lacks hope. It says, that, it says that God cannot do anything with a fallen humanity, and that's foolish. And so I, I, I guess where I'd encourage us as Christians is that, yes, it is your job to say a true thing. And part of that true thing is that God can do amazing things with the fallen humanity. Even a guy who's gotten to this point where he feels like, you know, walking away from the faith is freedom. He, he just misunderstands freedom. 
How many times can we, like, we've talked about that. Like, they're not Christians. They don't, we, expecting people to act like Christians when they're not Christians, if they don't have the hope of the Lord, and there's things that the Spirit does that just, uh, they're not happening in people who don't love and follow Jesus. And so, like, um, far from saying our job is to call the strikes, really, just the strikes, um, we should be a people of hope. My, my grand hope for this cat is, like, he's got a solid piece. Um, something's rubbing him up here. And he's and he's and he's getting torn away, and like that's a brother that needs some rescue. And I feel like we're getting it wrong if our gut reaction is online. Yeah, you're going to hell. Yeah, that's obviously a, a reaction of anger. People yes. haven't felt let down and betrayed. Maybe they respected his writings, his teachings. I mean, he's a theologian. If if he 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 knows what he taught. Yes, sure, <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, it's not like news. Like what you mean? If I don't accept Christ, I'm gonna not go to heaven. What I mean, he. he so, so it wasn't for his benefit that they're saying that, as much as their own benefit. I think. Well, can we can we give that up too? I mean, like, is it is it is it part of our Christian understanding that, like, well, as long as I get to express my anger and anger, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's inappropriate. I mean, we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point, though, is that it's probably not for him. It's more, but where, where people have the feelings of anger, they need some. They're finding a way to express it, and being it's it's quick and easy just to type it up. And I, I man, that's just disgusting. Like we put it on like a smaller level, it's not. It's the same amount of of, of gross uh, brokenness. And like, how many? I mean, here's the thing: is like, if I look over your life the last week and and put it two categories, it said God and not God. Here's the things that I did that were in line with God. What had me to do? Here's the things where I didn't care and I did what I want. Right? His ledger looks about the same as mine. Probably, man, well, maybe <laughs> he kind of had a big week. But <laughs> on on the whole, you got a really big bat coming after some people, acting like, hey, man. You're going to go to hell. You're not really happy. Of course, yes, he is. He probably feels happy right now for all the reasons we just expressed, right? Like, and, and so, like, you're not taking him in as a guy, and and you're you're not thinking with a with a kingdom head or a kingdom heart. You're not looking at the man with God's perspective at all. And so, you're you're under the same delusion that he is, right? You're that that your opinion on the deal and the way you're taking the world in and the way you feel right now is enough to be blasted out to the world and tell him everything about you. You're sitting on a big throne that you built. And doesn't belong anywhere in the room, and so like that's the thing is I I can't believe he he responds to some of the stuff that they said right and and it's total false humility right there's no way you take this I mean I'm a Christian dude I've read the book of Revelation I'm fine with how this all ends and a guy going you're gonna go to hell I hate you <laughs> right <laughs> you don't take that in well you yeah. weren't built to take that in well yeah yeah he says so um, his reaction to people who, who told him he's going to hell and are not really happy he said I just say I know that you love me I know and I receive it as love I know you care about the eternal state of my soul and you push through the social awkwardness of telling me this because you don't want me to suffer and that is a good thing that's a loving thing to do and I hear where you're coming from and I respect your perspective yeah nope I mean, I'm even trying to think of, uh, what, what time is appropriate for a Christian to say someone's going to hell I can't think of a single one I mean, it might be part of the teaching. Hey, here's something you want to avoid, or something. But they're real accusative there. I mean, yeah, well, accusatory. Yeah, I, 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 that's I, the thing. It feels like a celebration of your wickedness. Yeah, right. Like, and that's not us. Like, and now, granted, I've said this to a person. Look, man, you're choosing hell. You're choosing it. Right, right. I think that's an all right thing to I mean, say well, if you know you, a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, once again, social blasting a dude that you don't even know. Don't act like you're invested in him. And here's the thing: yeah. is if like, if you're gonna be that passionate about him. You have a lot of praying to do, which I'm almost 100% certain you're not going to do. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to pray for that man. You're not going to be down on your knees three times a day going, dear Lord, just be with him. He's confused, man. 
He's 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 missing you. He's reattributing the wrong things to the wrong places, and he's blind. Give him ears to hear and bring him back, Father. Yeah. If that's you, and then you want to ding him on social media, I think that's lovely. But it's not. It's not you at all. You're just throwing out your your mini throwing at people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that. I, I guess. Can you think of just running your mind like someone who you had written off, and you said, "Look, I this guy's either walk from the faith or." They're not interested, in, and, and it will never happen. And then at some point, this person turns. There's a repentance in them, and they come to follow Jesus, and it surprises the crap out of you. Yes. Okay. And so as a, as a, as a people, we should retain hope. And I think it doesn't do anything for the cause of good news or hope to go find that guy when he's on the path that we think that we've written him off and go, I just want you to know that from my personal perspective, you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, okay. Come back to our community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, again, I, I'm pro saying true things, but like, that, that actually lacks context. You're going to hell lacks context. Well, we don't have, we don't have the authority to say that. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not our business. That's right. We don't I mean, run the book. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's knock it off. Like, it's just not creating value. So anyway, he hands it. So I, I guess the thing is, is that like where, well, let me finish the article. Um, Maxwell is the latest high-profile Christian figure to publicly renounce his faith in recent years. Last year, John Steingart, the Canadian Christian rock band Hawk Nelson's lead vocalist, announced on social media, I no longer believe in God, explaining it didn't happen overnight. In 2019, Joshua Harris, author of the controversial Christian bestseller I Kissed Dating Goodbye, sent shockwaves to the evangelical Christian community after he published an Instagram post announcing, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. You notice the consistent theme seems to be, I don't know where I'm going. I just know I don't believe in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also they posted on social media Yeah, to the accolades of, of thousands. All Instagram. A short time later, former Hillsong singer and songwriter Marty Sampson. Po- that doesn't seem like a guy. Marty doesn't seem like a, a Hillsong man. Anyway, he says, time for some real talk, dot, dot, dot. I'm generally losing my faith, and it doesn't bother me. In an interview with the Christian Post, H.B. Charles Jr., author and pastor of Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church in Jacksonville, said stories of defections from the Christian faith should serve as a wake-up call to the Western church. He said the corporate worship of the church is a key way to not only disciple the young generation, but to strengthen all the saints to be steadfast in their faith. My perseverance in the faith is not so much about me holding fast to Christ, but him holding fast to me. We need to be teaching and singing sound doctrine. I believe that there is no need for something exotic or special in order to build faith and sustain faith for the long haul. No, that's true. In fact, uh, Jesus says about the same thing, uh, and Paul lived out the same thing. Uh, we're not asking for uh, uh, difficult. Well, no, we are. He is asking for difficult things. They're not just not complicated, right? It's a life of sacrifice is what it is, right? Whether it be, uh, well, it covers all, all the grounds, right? We're asking for a simple life of sacrifice, and that will help people know who Christ is. And frankly, we're not willing to give it. Yeah. So the Gospel Coalition founder and theologian Don Carson issued a word of caution to those tempted to judge those who have apostatized and called for discernment, offering the reminder that just as it's possible to stereotype those who have fallen away as losers, so it's possible to stereotype those who are saying that they're losers. They don't have labels on their foreheads, so it might be that they need listening to and praying over, praying with, and so on. They might come back. I could tell you some remarkable stories of people who wandered away in what we would call backsliding who nevertheless returned to the Lord a couple of decades later. So you want to allow that as a possibility and not, in any case, be supercilious or condescending. It's all good guys and bad guys without discernment and recognition that the Bible pictures falling away and inconsistency in many, many different categories. Mm, David. 
Yeah, repentance is possible, as well as a renewed commitment to the covenant. It doesn't have to turn out in a bad way. So, so is is the question? Um, well, this isn't new, I guess. No, we should be cl- like um, our ability to know about it is probably newish. Like that didn't uh, some guy could do that in Pittsburgh, and it's not going to make the Des Moines newspaper seventy right. years ago. So my ability to see it. So like even if you line up three guys over two years, I'm not sure that's particularly surprising at all. <laughs> no, they're just like from the outside world perspective. And that's the thing. We're a little bit worried about our own shade here. You know, like from the outside world perspective, it looks like our organization's falling apart. Ravi Zacharias is off the deep end. This Marty Sampson from the Hillsong, which is one of the biggest churches in the nation. He saw, he blows off camp. And then this weird dude who writes books or whatever, who, we, you know, people got some theological bases on, decides, well, even though I know everything there is to know about this Jesus, I'm walking out of here. Yeah. And so our organization goes, man, what is going on? You're making us look bad, like we're idiots and that God can't be trusted. And, like, th- that's what it spins up at me is, like, look, why are you doing this? Can't you just fade off into the background? Why do you got to blast it out on the on social media like a big jerk? You mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's like you were a, a 20-year member of the Shriners. And instead of just... Slowly walking out the back door because it's not your cup of tea anymore. You're like, the Shriners suck. I hate everything about them. Here's right. all the reasons, right? There's no reason for that. I need you to know I'm no longer a Shriner. Yeah, nobody <laughs> cares, dude. You know, fade off into the wind. But that's, I think that's where it gets them rubbed off is because you're invalidating the thing that these people believe. And frankly, you're calling into question that the, the thing that we are spending our every day fighting to let other people know. And you with one Instagram post basically take out like if we were doing a, 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 a seesaw, right? Like the four dudes in this room are about maybe 50, 60 people trying to be like, hey, man, here's Jesus. And then this guy gets to take out 12,000 right now with his, hey, man, this, is, this isn't cool. I'm out. I don't believe this anymore. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the thing, one of the things that, that, that um, is difficult to deal with is this, this seems to be done in such a flippant way. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm no longer uh, I'm no longer Christian. I'm real happy. Yeah, by the way. I lost my faith and I don't care. I mean, like, this isn't good shepherding. Book writers. Like, people, here's, the, okay, to your point that I married a, married a wife and now I take responsibility for all the other stuff that comes with it, mm-hmm. right? You wrote a book. You joined a, 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 the worship team of one of the most popular worship bands uh, and one of the largest churches in the world. Uh, and were in some some notion of prominence there. You wrote a book about people not supposed to date, like, as an author, you postured self, you gave yourself the responsibility and the assumption that you were going to be able to have power to speak into somebody's life. And like these, these flippant responses are, um, that's like, it's lazy and it's not, um, like, like it begs a million questions. And I guess I don't, I don't get what makes someone say, well, uh, here's the whole book I wrote trying to reaffirm your faith, help you understand trauma in light of your faith and, and X, Y, Z. Oh, and by the way, I left Christianity. No details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what What kind of leadership is that? Hey, hey, we do communion every week. Uh, great, welcome in. Oh, yeah, by the way, we, we, we gave it up. We're just not going to do it anymore. Okay, moving on. Like, come on. No, that's true. You're a womanizer, except your woman is people, right? You took what you wanted from them, their accolades, their praise, their their adoration, and then once you had enough, you said, okay, I'm out. Yeah, never mind. This is why God deals in covenants and not with you, not in relationship and, and feelings. I can kind of see the honesty in it, though. Like uh, 2009 through, like, 2013, there were all these uh, Christian metal bands, right? And 
through the course of time, there was obviously some people who walked away from the faith, but they didn't like come out and say it uh, because they relied on the income from like Christian bookstores at the time, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. To, to for their album to be in that in that bookstore. And so instead of coming out and saying, hey, you know, this isn't something that I believe anymore, they just would not swear on their albums and not say anything about it. Yeah. And so, like, okay. that seems super di- disingenuous. So what you're saying is, 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 like, we might be pinning motivation poorly when maybe the motivation is altruistic. Maybe they're, he's trying to do the right thing. I, maybe. I, it didn't... Um it wasn't really written in that way. I guess here's the thing: is what 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 compels you? Um, I think you should not lie. I think that's fair. Um, I don't know that that like uh, again the the minute by minute, um, the minute by minute assessment of where you're at is not necessary either, right? Can I can can someone walk through? Um, let's say you're just just someone who 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 doubt causes problems with. Hey, you're strong in January. February 2, things aren't feeling quite right. Do you need to keep people up to date? Hey, I'm having a little doubts today. Disregard no. everything I said January. No. Doubting. I, we, we, we'd run out of people to give sermons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's right. So, like, I, I, th- that's, it's the same problem as saying, saying, hey, you're going to hell. You're trying to call a ball and strike, and, and it has no notion of, of allowing humans to kind of uh, breathe a bit and recognize that, like, people's minds get tempted and people's um, undergirding, like their, their faith gets tried and like hard times begat hard thoughts. And so um, I, I think if you're going to say something like, hey, I, I've, I've published two books under the, under the guise of, of being a Christian. I, I wrote for um, a website and, and d- put together a lot of content on how relying on the Bible to help you through times that are difficult. Uh, this is how you go about it. And then if if the right thing is is that you are no longer a Christian, um, it is it really that pressing that you need to say it right now with nothing else, with no legit context, with completely abdicating on the notion that you've created yourself with some level of authority? Like explain yourself, damn it! Like if you if you feel <laughs> posh, that's that's like it's it's bad. It's very bad leadership. So if, if, certainly from a from a Christian perspective, but even from like a human perspective, hi, I propose to direct you in this way and oh you know what I've just changed completely and I have nothing else to say to you yeah like that's terrible I've heard people give more explanation for I've given up ice cream and now I'm doing yogurt <laughs> no, <laughs> <Right>. true <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> right like you can't if you here's the thing is it like if you cared about people at all two things would be happening one I wouldn't I wouldn't accept a live and let live posture as it relates to Christianity if it's false if it's not a true thing, then men, like millions of people are being deceived. And they're giving up a lot of, well, things that make you happy and fill you full of joy and cause you to build your left, best life. Uh, that you don't just get to do what you want because they believe this thing. And so, like, if you actually cared about people and had any integrity at all, I would actually expect you to put up a little bit of fight here and say, I misled you. I want you to join me in this, in this little mind, mind escape. Okay. Okay. So the Apostle Paul just got done taking a whooping, right? And he, uh, miraculously, he doesn't die again. So he picks himself up, yep. and he's dragging himself out of town. And he's on his way to the next town, and you spot him on the road. And you go, Paul, Paul, I, 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 I have a question for you. Look, uh, look, uh, okay, okay, how do I phrase this? I, I used to really follow 
Jesus, and now I don't so much, but like I make my income off like these CDs that are in the Jesus stores, and I'm not really sure whether I should tell everybody that I don't, or whether I could keep it in the shelf, you know what I'm saying? And then Paul, sitting there with blood on his face and goes, what? What are you even talking about? <laughs> Some of this conversation is so like Western yeah. weeds of who cares? I mean, we're talking about stupid things. You know, Paul's out there getting whooped on, beaten, and dying. You know, and we're like, well, I mean, should we pull his books from the shelves? Who cares what the man does or doesn't do? Do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. Well, I don't care. I mean, I care for the guy. I'm sorry he's leaving. The correct response is to pray for the man and go, Lord, just show back up to him. Show them what's up, whatever he's he's blinded by. Take it away from him. Let him see you, right? Any other response to that is simply showboating, right? Like you've joined the showboat that's come by, that he's he's the captain of the boat, and you're jumping on the side. It's sad, really, right? Like if, if we're looking at the things that actually matter, uh, there's a large amount of Christianity that it couldn't be any more going about this the wrong way. Right, you don't actually care for the man. You're lying to yourself. That yeah. that guy that that's making money off the. I mean, uh, if I found out a guy used to love Jesus, played in a hard rocking band, and I bought his music, and now he doesn't love Jesus anymore, I don't feel like personally betrayed. I'm sorry the guy let. I'm sorry the guy as as misunderstood his faith. I paid his ten bucks for the CD. I still like it. I think it was good when I bought it. I think it's good now. <laughs> I don't require that guy to be on fire all the time for me to pay ten bucks for his tunes. Right? I just feel like I'm not going to struggle over that. We're going to let it go. But like if you found out, it's just like if I found out my neighbor was this way or Ben had fallen away from Jesus. I mean, like, if he ain't going to listen to me, I got nothing but praying to do and a lot of it. And so, like, it's just it just seems so, then it seems so petty, you know? Like, I was fired up about this article a little bit because I'm like, man, we, we, we're dropping guys like flies. What's going on in our, I thought, that's what I thought. I was describing myself. I'm like, this, this organization, I mean, we just, we look bad. We look like like God's not real. People are chucking out of here left and right. And then, like, what a petty, you know, distraction. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you don't you don't hear about the the pastor in India who has a life expectancy of like six months, you know, right. suddenly saying, "Hey, yeah, never mind." Right. They're just like, "I'm going to preach till they catch me." That's right. I mean, he stabbed three times. He's still going through Mark. Yeah. You go. You know Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Killer. laughs> Yeah, exactly. Where'd you buy that knife? I'd like to talk to him, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't mean, see these like guys yeah, going little, down. We're just a little soft here in America. Yeah. We've got nothing to talk about then. I don't know if I really oh, believe no. today. You don't think this is happening because these guys are just sitting down staring at his face to you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just don't want to do anything. I sit on the couch and I just stare. Oh. Yeah. See, Into it a void. It begats a freedom of which... Uh, actually, I, I, I do wonder if this notion of authorship... Uh, or even worship leading at times creates a separation from the realities of your faith. Like if if yeah. if if the notion of what you do in service to the kingdom primarily feels like a performance, and I would submit to you that authorship is that too. You're sure, still posturing sure. for someone. Um, and like the pastors run the risk um, too on on Sunday morning, um, but then the rest of their life hopefully is filled out with other things. They're meeting with people. They're eating breakfast. <laughs> they're like doing tangible things that express faith. But like, if your core expression is some level of posturing to an audience, um, and no one's ever going to throw a rock at your head, Paul style, uh, maybe maybe it feels it feels just feels separate from a reality. 
And so it's easy to walk. It's it it allows you a space to walk away from it. Yeah, right. Like if if your whole getup was Christianity, and that was your kiss makeup, around uh, you know from the seventies and the eighties, you're looking to be Gene Simmons' El Natural. Yeah. And your album's gonna tank because of it, <laughs> because no one's interested in listening to you if you're not Kiss anymore. You know. But I yeah. I if you're wound up in the in the in the drama of it and the and the show of it. And there was not a Jesus in there, like which has got to be so hard because, like, even through your phoniness, people met Jesus. Yeah, right. The Holy Spirit moved and did crazy things, and you saw it, and you, and now you act like you didn't see it. There's no way you didn't see it. That, that's the part where I get frustrated is that like it just lacks it lacks. Even if it's not a Christianity question, this lacks integrity as people. It lacks integrity to take people down a path and then then just like not provide them an explanation when you decided to bail on it. It lacks integrity to see or be part of some of the things you've seen um, and then act like you haven't seen that. Like, I, I, was on a, I was on a call today with someone at work, and, like, um, we got into, we got into a, a, just a meeting in a particular audience, and, like, this person decided what they were going to talk about was, like, well, I'm worried about blah, 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 like two, two, three things that they were worried about, completely acting like they had no idea that we'd obviously, we'd answered these questions already. There's no reason to continue to worry about them. Like the context was we'd already dealt with some of this stuff and they knew that, but in this particular audience, they didn't say anything about that. They just said they wanted to be seen as the person who like figured this thing, like, like was, was the worried person. Hey, I'm the one calling the warnings. The context wasn't we we still don't have a problem, and so like the the, the reason I say that is because it, it lacks integrity when you know you don't have a problem, uh, and you still act like there's a problem because it draws attention to you. Just like this person, like has like these people have been part of things. They've seen things in in Christianity. They've seen God move, and because they, they got a bad taco or a bad relationship or a crappy pastor uh, or a night of sin that they can't shake the guilt of that they're going to say, look, I don't believe this anymore, and they're going to completely negate or neglect the fact that there's a greater context to their lives. That lacks integrity. Mm. You're listening to Life from the Path. Yeah. Hey, maybe you love this. Maybe you think this is the best thing ever, what we've said here. Uh, maybe you're the go-to-hell person on the website, and we, we want you to stop that directly. Either way, get a hold of us uh, at the Life from the Path complaint line, sponsored by Bob Eisenhower with the Eisenhower team. Uh, for all your real estate needs, Bob Eisenhower with the Eisenhower team. Uh, easy to work with, hard to beat. Is it hard to beat? Tough to beat. Hard to beat. Complaint lines, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. That is uh, phone calls or a text message. We can accept either one. We'd love to hear from you. Speaking of the complaint line, yep. did we ever get uh, word back on that on that uh, impression that we couldn't figure out? Uh, yeah, it, uh, it was um, the guy from Saturday Night Live. Uh, the ladies' man. The ladies' man from mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live. I don't know. You've Ladies not seen man. it? Oh, no. <laughs> Have you seen that one, Dale? That's one where they shake their heads back and forth? Or? <laughs> that's, that's I don't know. a very vague description. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how, 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 like what era of Saturday Night Live? Uh, maybe 10, 10 years ago. It was, Tim, it was Tim Meadows was the is is the guy. He's the ladies' man. Hmm. Uh, I, I think I missed that whole mm, era. So. Yeah, okay. me too. I think I had younger children then. Maybe 15? I, I stayed I away know. from it. Okay. All right. Anyway, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a full episode. You've not watched a full Saturday Night Live? Huh. What'd you do? You just turn off and stare at stuff? Yeah. All right, uh, brother. Watch watch some stuff on YouTube <laughs> that I'm never gonna do. <laughs> I mean, that feels at least at least posturing to good in the world. You're every man I want to be, Nathaniel. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike. What do we got? You ready for some advice? Yep. Dear, live from the path. 
I have grown really close to quotes Pete, my trainer at the gym I joined two years ago. Oh dear. We are both married. Oh. I know it's wrong to feel this way. I love my husband, but I'm not sure I am quotes in love with him anymore. What's that mean? I think what I feel for Pete may be more than just a physical attraction and connection. Our lives are so parallel. We're both loyal to, loyal to our spouses, so nothing has happened. Our lives are That's so good. It's a good, good start. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if he feels the same about me, but I sense our chemistry when we are together. Our okay. friendship hugs are lasting longer, and our flirting has increased to a different level. We text every week in the morning, and now, since he quit his job at the gym, we have started to miss each other. I can't stop thinking about him. He's on my mind constantly. <laughs> I, I know I shouldn't op up, open up my Pandora's box because it could destroy lives. My best friend has picked up that I talk about Pete more than my husband. My husband overheard one of my virtual workout sessions with him and afterward was cold and different toward me. So I know he was picking up on our connection too. Should I talk to Pete about how I'm feeling or leave it alone? I think, they, I think she already knows. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, uh, immediately. I mean, like, wait, wait, but she's not doing workouts with him anymore right oh virtual workouts not at the gym no which more. is that's just video of pete sweating to the oldest yeah yeah because i mean like he doesn't work <laughs> at the gym yeah so at first i was gonna say you need to find a new gym so it's gonna fade stay away from him don't communicate it'll fade yeah yeah you need a trainer for you're not a, an olympic athlete <laughs> Maybe she is. It's the same reason you don't need a $25 water bottle <laughs> and why everybody has one. <laughs> okay, so Nathaniel's first point is you don't even need a guy. You've yeah. st you started off with the wrong premise and then you've delivered Got Temptation in reaction. Go back to the YouTube. But no, I'm saying you don't need a guy, so like this wouldn't have happened if you would realize that in the first yeah. place. If you would yeah. be, if you would be realizing full value from the free resources available to you. Yeah. Exactly. There's okay. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. What is your goal with these training sessions? Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. where are you headed with this? Okay. Not the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I feel like there's you're wearing all kinds of blinders here, like we, me and him are so similar. We're both lower to our spouses. No, you are not. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're actually take. Here's the thing: is people don't count emotional capital mm -hmm. as if it, it, it means anything to a marriage. Like, they only count sexual capital. And, like, you're a fool. Uh, it, I don't know if you've read the Song of Solomon, but, like, almost all of it is emotional capital. That's what leads to sexual capital. And so, like, you're spending emotional capital on another man, and then your husband is cold and indifferent towards you because you're spending no capital on your husband. Yeah, I you're, could see his position on the matter, sure. I mean, you're spending yeah. it on another dude, and you're like, I think about him all the time. Well, how much time does that leave that for you to think about your husband, the guy that you pledged yourself to be with for the rest of your days? Probably very little. And so, like, you're putting zero effort into your marriage, which means it's, it's, it's floundering, and this other relationship is starting to blossom because you're putting a bunch of time and effort into it, and you go, I'm not sure I love my husband anymore. Well, you are upholding no end of your bargain, and you've convinced yourself that this guy is solid. He's flirting with a married woman that, that, at the place where he works. <laughs> He's a textbook sleazebag, <laughs> right? That is not a high-quality man. Yeah, the, yeah like, like uh, I, it, was, it was odd when she described that, like, we're, we're so much, what'd she say? Our lives are doing 
so much alike or something. Yeah. Like yeah, like what? Like you you run into each other at the gym. You have an appointment. That's like saying my life is entwined with the guy who runs the register at the Casey's. Right. We often find ourselves in the same place. Yeah, we're the same, dude. You put the raspberry flip in the counter, I get it back out. We're one and the same. We exchanged some banter. He talked about trees, I talked about trees. Same. I want to pay for food, he takes my money. Yeah, our lives are parallel. That was the thing. Our friendship hugs are lasting longer. Listen, stop hugging people of the opposite sex. Like, unless they're like 30 years older than you or something completely platonic. It's I I, yeah, I know they still don't. <laughs> yeah, I, here's the thing. It sounds real. Pr- I mean, Mike Pence took a lot of crap for this, and Mike Pence has got the personality of a piece of two by four, and so he's hard to take in, right? Because for some reason, his facial movements don't ever they don't do anything. He looks like a painting with lips. But anyway, uh, he took a lot of crap for this, and I defended him at every turn because I'm like, look, I don't do this. Like I have like a total of three women in my phone that aren't my wife, and most of them are are are. F- complete friends of their fam of the family right like no possible problem here and but, your trainer and my trainer and Going so to the olympics and because i because <laughs> i got a big water bottle and an 85 dollar pair of sneakers because i work out once every six months <laughs> Who, who's greasy pete <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's my drug dealer <laughs> we don't talk about him but like I, it's just not a good idea it's just not a good idea it's yeah. not a good idea you're like well i don't see it as a big deal listen if you hold your marriage up in a position where you're not willing to let any arrows pass the wall. That's your goal, right? There's no reason to see if maybe an arrow hits the dog or not, or maybe it gets one of the kids as they run by. If you build the wall high, no arrows get in, and your tower stands. That's the way that it works. And so, like, it just depends on how much risk uh, you want to take in your marriage. To me, it's just flat out not worth it. Yep. Uh, you can be friends with a woman, right, for, for sure. You can listen. I try not, uh, like, deeply emotional conversations. I would bring a woman with me, right? You, I, you don't just do a man and a woman in a conversation like that, right? Um, but on the whole, protect your marriage, right? You left your, your mom and your dad to cleave to your spouse, and that's it. And other spouses can stay out because that's what you want, <laughs> right? And so I think it's, I, I, I think it's a mistake to yeah. open up your relationship that far. I know you have to interact with people of the opposite sex, I'm not a uh, 1920s Federalist prude. I'm just telling you that, like, you're not, you're not. Um, There's you're not, nothing about the world spinning that requires a hug from the opposite sex. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. They're, Especially they're, when you're not wearing many clothes and you're sweaty. Correct. There's just no reason for that, right? Like, there's no social contract that says you have to do it. They're not going to feel slighted. It's not like Greg hugs everybody all the time. Yeah. You're going in to, to grope him. That's what you're doing, and he's doing the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So just don't lie to yourself on what the thing is. Yeah, and, and, and just to be clear, like this is the classic path of foolishness, mm-hmm. is where you start to evaluate the character of your relationship. Um, what Your marriage is evaluated off of every, every minute and every second that you ever had with someone for the last 20 years. Uh, the, the ups and downs, people at their worst, people looking their worst, people speaking their worst, people treating you poorly just for familiarity, dirty underpants, bad behaviors. Okay, and then you're evaluating the va- the relationship you have with Greasy Pete over here uh, when you're riling up endorphins, right? Uh, and you got an hour start and stop with a little bit of a hugsies at the end, right? And and a place to lament 
whatever crap you think is going on at your own house. Exactly. And then you say, boy, this second relationship looking really nice. This first one looks like a real dumpster fire. Mm. And that is an unfair comparison, sir. That's right. Uh, and that, that, is, that, is, that is the classic folly of everyone who has started this path, and they end down it, and let's say you divorce, you divorce one woman or you divorce one husband, you're going to divorce three. Uh, you, you're willing to step out on man number one. You're willing to step out on man number two because, like, it's it wasn't that you were justified in what you were doing. Um, you you used an improper measure of the world to get something that you wanted that was short lived, and then you recognized the folly of it. And then you had to get out of it, and you kept chasing short things. Like you've just got to to recognize what you're doing. It's a classic path of foolishness. Yeah. Let's see what secular says. Secular says, it's time to ask yourself what exactly you want from Pete. Is it a fling? Do you want to wreck your marriage and possibly ruin his? Crushing on a perfect physical specimen is common. And no one said he was a perfect (laughs) physical specimen. (laughs) Wow. Did you assume that in your mind? Did anybody picture him? I guess I figured figured he was a lot like me, yeah. 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 He was pretty much the Dan (laughs) Hudson of dudes. I mean, I figured he was probably cut a little, but I didn't think he was like a... A Schwarzenegger or nothing? That's what I had in my mind. He was a Speedo. He was a Speedo Schwarzenegger. Thanks. At the gym that I go to, all the trainers are uh, are kind of husky. What do you mean? Like they're kind of like husky. they speak with a smoker's voice? No, like oh. they're, 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 uh, they're, they, they've got some weight to them. Yeah. Oh. Tricep dips. <laughs> yeah. Ten of them on the bench. And they're just telling people what to do. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't hey, do, do this, but go ahead and do some sit-ups. <laughs> I'd like to see more of this. <laughs> Pick up more weights. <laughs> Sissy man. <laughs> hey, calm down, Carol. <laughs> I get the weights. <laughs> no, okay. give me a hug. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, if I, if I rep these weights, we won't hug. How about that? <laughs> okay, crushing on a perfect physical specimen is common, and when something is missing in your life, it's easy to fixate on someone you have contact with regularly. If you feel the urge to work out, work things out with your husband because if your letter is an accurate description of what's going on, that marriage of yours could use some toning up. Yeah. Wow. Those are some turns of phrase there at the yeah, end. Somebody got the, the old smart alecky pin out and decided they were going to be quippy. <laughs> Thank you, secular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Here's what you're not thinking about. You're going to get in this relationship with old Phil or Greg, whatever his name is. Greasy and, Pete. Greasy Pete. And all the things that you hate about your husband, Greasy Pete does too. He throws the clothes, I mean, just outside the hamper. I mean, it's probably touching the outside of the hamper. He could have just as easily put it in the hamper. He didn't do it. And yeah. his clothes are sweaty. That's and they're right. sweaty and they stink. And, and here's he's the thing. 25 women a day. That's right. You know, the next day he's going out <laughs> doing video chats with like 16 other yeah. women that are half your age. And like, oh. you, Bid's right. This is classic Come falling. Come to your senses. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is not going to work out for you. Yeah. Chapter two, there's a skiddy in the banana hammock. Like, <laughs> this man is a problem and there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I need to unpack uh, that statement you just made here a little bit. A <laughs> uh, what? Can I make my stomach hurt? Yeah. <laughs> He's a perfect physical specimen. <laughs> Who still poops in his underpants. That was the point. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. He's got dirty, dirty grundies. <laughs> yeah. There is no perfect man out there. The grundies going to follow you no matter what. You're going you're gonna to do laundry and go, how does this happen? This man is 35? <laughs> what possibly happened? And he'll go, I thought it was going to be something small, and it was not. <laughs> and then that's real life. If you could love that man after that, you, sir, are on your way to a marriage. <laughs> okay, last one. Ready? Yep. Dear Live from the Path, I work for a small company in Colorado. It pays well. I will be quitting my job as soon as I am out of debt, which will be soon. My job is way too stressful, and I'll be able to afford to pay cut. 
problem is my boss is a relative by marriage and a good friend. Most of the stress of my job comes from the way he communicates with me and everyone else in emails. He's often rude, condescending, and accusatory. It has become more than my fragile nerves can handle. When I quit, how can I exit without calling him out when I'm asked my reason for leaving? Do you have any advice as to vague yet satisfactory reasons for leaving? I don't want to bring up the actual problem because he already knows how he is and his actions won't change. Also, I value the peaceful relationship we have and don't want to cause any drama in the family. I'm looking to live a more simple life. But here's the deal, though. You're going to go to get a job at the Burger King, and guess what? That manager's going to be the same way. It's called life. Yeah. What was it? Wait, did, did he say what he was going to go do? Not like quasi-retire or anything? No, no. Find a different job Just that pays less. Out of debt. Where, where the managers aren't stressful? Yeah, good luck. I'd like to find one of those. <laughs> the boss is I mean, man. that's a good point. The, you, the, you get to hug. That BK manager's always stressed out. Yeah, oh, man. I don't care what job it is. Yeah, it doesn't get easier lower down the machine. always broken. Yeah. I worked at the Target for a while, and they were always on people to go one step faster. You, you took too many steps. You would have not turned that corner. You could have gone straighter, and that would have saved you four steps. Over a night, that's 16 steps. <laughs> like, well, you, know, <laughs> you know how hard it's got to be to work like a, a regular job, and then you get a part-time. I've done this before. You get yeah. a part-time job that's not your main gig, and like this manager just, he's toned up. He's telling you all this stuff, and you're like, I don't even have to work here. Do you realize I make double what you make, yeah. right? I mean, I mean let's, <laughs> let's everybody calm down, Mitch. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing this for fun. That's right. I, I'll get the papers out. Extra cash. I'll put the M&Ms where they're supposed to go. You need to tone it down a bit because you're making me kind of upset. <laughs> By the way, I'll fire you. I work here. Uh, yeah. Basically, the question is, how can I tell a lie? How can I? I wait, someone says, I mean, it is not a, a requirement of the exit interview to like vomit every single thing right. you ever thought. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like for all the reasons you mentioned, they say, why are you leaving? I'm just looking to take a job that's not this one. I got. Different. I just want to do something different. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like uh, it's a common misconception about truth. I, I don't know that it always means absolutely everything. Because like actually to your point earlier, uh, just because you're thinking something doesn't mean it's actually validated. Yeah. And so there's no reason to have, like, maybe you're overreacting to this guy. But, like, if if your notion is, look, I'm out of debt, I'm trying to move to something that's slightly less stressful, fine. Yeah, that's Just cool. Just say that. Yeah. Hey, uh, oh, what do you mean? We caused you stress around here? Yeah. Mm. How, do you, how do you mean? Your emails put me off. It's a high-pressure high environment. I think it's because you want to get things done. That's wigging me out. Yeah, I here's the thing. Here, here's the the actual misconception: is you think that people care about your exit interviews, that you're going to make a stand and make it better <laughs> for everybody after you leave. Here's what happens: you go in there, you blurt out all this stuff you see as truth, and maybe it is right. And as soon as you walk out the door, they go, "Yeah, they just weren't a good fit here." <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I want to send out an email. Yeah, they <laughs> they just weren't they weren't uh they weren't a good fit. They were never good for that job in the first place. Yeah, they will listen to none of your valid criticisms. They won't take anything you said as being no, important or true because th then they'd have to intrinsically look at themselves and go, man, we've got to make some changes. We're losing yeah. good people. And instead they go, nope, that wasn't good people. <laughs> don't, don't ever work with family. Yeah, big, big, big mess. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good a favor. That's a, that's, a, that's a good point. That's, um, that's true everywhere. Actually, yeah. um, if you ever have the concept of being a martyr for your job, just recognize that that's, that's way more true than what you realize is that um, most of the time, one, if you think you're the one saving the place, uh, you're mistaken. Uh, you, one, it, one, it can't be saved, and two, you're probably part of the problem, to be honest, mm -hmm. if you think you're the only guy who got your head screwed on right. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, mm -hmm. even if you, it was true, 
um, your chances of kind of turning this machine upside down are really super low. Like I've been uh, p- part of my other job is like my job is to go in and help change things. And like some people are just they're just entrenched in stuff. And like um, you can make the best case ever. You can point out to them all the reasons why they're, the thing that they're doing isn't working. And then it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. At, at their core, people don't want to change because once they start changing, it starts to um, uh, it starts to cause them to, to realize that what they were doing before wasn't good. Change, change is implicitly some sort of indictment on what you're currently doing. And most people don't want to embrace that particular indictment mm-hmm. or admit that it's true. And so, so don't, don't, uh, uh, don't run yourself ragged for it. It's of no value. Secular says, when the question is asked during your exit interview, express gratitude for having had the opportunity to work there. Your reason for leaving will be to explore other opportunities. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I think that's a dumb phrase, and I wouldn't say it. People always say that. Nobody leaves a, nobody, like, again, that's that guy leaving Christianity. Explore other opportunities. That means you didn't land anything. You, it was so bad that you weren't willing to wait to find something else. You just had to be gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Kind of like our Christian friends. They just want out. <laughs> I said that already. Did you? I said that not. <laughs> That's literally what he said. Not that, 15 seconds ago. What pain attention? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out. Did I? Did I hear something wrong? No. Nope. Weird. <laughs> I mean, we noticed the same bit of irony, Ben. <laughs> That's good. That's gold. Way to go, us. I feel unseen. Do you want a high five? <laughs> no, I don't want. I don't want to re-engage with you. You know what it's actually like? <laughs> it's like our Christian friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nathaniel's on to something here, Ben. Hey. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to Life from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We very much do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so on the complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's call or text on the Bob Eisenhower uh, complaint line. And so we'd love to hear from you. Um, I, I, we, we may or may not respond. If, uh, it just depends on what it is. In the meantime, um, I don't think, uh, I'm not sure what's going on next week. But uh, if, if all is right and with the world, we'll be back in here. Um, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. Live from the Path. <laughs>